gang, welcome to Best Night Ever, a show where interesting people who do interesting things tell the story of their best night ever. I'm your host, Ian Hollihan. With me, as always, is the tuxedo cat, Reggie Miller. Folks, I messed up. I, uh, I pulled a real fart face move. Uh, I forgot to give credit to the band uh, who provided music for the background of uh, Juliet Obedo's story for last week's episode. That band was Dougie Flesh and the Slashers, the sci-fi horror folk punk band out of Orlando, Florida. They're really cool, and they were nice enough to give me a bunch of songs. So uh, I'll put a bunch of links on the website, bestnightoverpodcast.com, and you can check them out. So yeah, sorry about that, Doug. So folks, a little bit more about myself that I haven't already divulged. I'm a messy person. Uh, not like physically, uh, but like my, my apartment's a mess, my desk at work is a mess, uh, my hair is a mess, but I'm really good at time management. I've always proud myself on that. I'm always on time, and I've always been super good at like, I'm doing this at this time, and I'm done at this time. I, I, I don't know what happened this week. Uh, I, I so, so I finished last week's episode a week early, and I said to myself, great, so I'll have all this time uh, to get... Uh, the next week's episode ready, and I just want you guys to know that uh, it is now uh, 12.09 a.m., and I just finished editing uh, tonight's Best Night Ever, and I, I don't know why. I don't know why I did this other than uh, having a podcast is hard. It's a lot of work. Uh, so if there's any youngsters out there who would like to uh, intern, uh, uh, I can't pay you. You, you get no credit. Um, uh but but uh, if you want to hang out, you know, with a chubby guy and a, and a tuxedo cat and and edit this show for me, that'd be great. I got a PlayStation. Uh, when you're not when you're done editing, we can uh, play video games even. Uh, it'll be fun. So folks, you can uh, uh, submit your application uh, for the internship of Best Night Ever uh, to bestnightoverpodcast at gmail dot com. Speaking of me, kind of being. Uh, little bit of a slob uh our guest is the author jennifer mccartney her books include the little book of sloth philosophy the joy of doing just enough of my personal favorite cocktails for drinkers but she's probably best known for the book the joy of leaving your shit all over the place which pretty much says just because you tuck your shirt in doesn't mean you're holier than thou all right pal but we're not having her on the show for any of those books. We are actually having her on the show because she is the author of Reggie's favorite book of all time. It's called Poetry from Scratch, a kitten's book of verse. It's a poetry book from a kitty cat's perspective. And it's not all about lasagna, if that's what you think. Today's episode has a lot of meat to it, so we're going to jump right in. But before we do that, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. If you're listening on Spotify, follow. If you're listening on the website, besttheneverpodcast.com, uh, go ahead and favorite it. If you're listening to this on Stitcher, I... I I think you can subscribe there too. If you're listening to this because you're in the room right now, uh, I, uh, uh, I don't really want to think about that. And if you don't want to subscribe or any of that junk, just leave a review. Uh, I got a, a review last week where uh, a guy named Scott said, um, I noticed a spelling error on your website is, which is, is not a review, but you know, that's helpful. Uh, I appreciate it. Thanks, Scott. Anyways, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Jennifer McCarthy. Welcome to Best Night Ever. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So, uh, listeners, full disclosure, I, me and Jennifer, are, we're actually friends. We've known each other for uh, a few years. Uh, her and her husband are, are, are good friends of mine. And Jennifer has a bunch of really uh, awesome, funny books. She's a very funny person. But one thing about Jennifer, uh, 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 she don't take no shit. <laughs> She's, you're not mean, you know, but like, you know, like do, you, do you agree not, or disagree? Like, you're not someone who takes shit. Yeah, I'm not mean, I wordly. But yeah, 
I'd like to imagine that I don't take shit. But then again, I'm also Canadian and I feel like that's sort of a whole different thing. I definitely, when I go back to Hamilton and Toronto, I definitely feel like I'm the most aggressive person in the city. Being that we like we do know we do know each other, mm-hmm. I figured it might be funny to try and give you some shit. Oh, so God. here's how I vis- envisioned this episode. Ready? Okay. I for some reason I convinced myself that you, people say "Hey, Jenny McCarthy" all the time to you, and you hate it. So I I thought it'd be funny that. As the host of the podcast, I would think that you were actually Jenny McCarthy and I had a bunch of questions about singled out and being premier of the year. Oh, sweet. But then uh, I took it a step further. I figured it'd be even funnier if I thought that Jenny McCarthy was actually Carmen Electra. So I wrote a bunch of questions to, to give you the idea uh, that uh, not only did I forget your name and thought you were Jenny McCarthy, but I, I was asking Christopher Carmen Electra because I think that you uh, uh, wouldn't have taken the shit and it would have been funny. But here's the thing. You got the last laugh because your name's not Jennifer McCarthy. That is true. Right. It's Jennifer McCartney. Yep. To be fair, because I tried to trick you. I tried to, uh, I you know, bring out the, the no shit taken, Jennifer. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to ask you the questions anyways. Okay, go for it. Is it true you changed your last name to Electra because you thought your birth name shock voltage was too ethnic? <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, true. While dating Be Real from Cypress Hill, did you ever think to tell him his name should be Am Real because that makes a lot more sense? Did they date? Oh, yeah. dude, he bought her breast implants. That was nice of him. Is it true that you and Dennis Rodman split up because he wouldn't stop quoting the 1990 sitcom Coach starring Craig T. Nelson and Jerry Van Dyke? I thought it was because Dennis Rodman um, got really into Kim Jong-un. Is it true that Dave Navarro can't actually grow facial hair, but in fact gets up super early to cut out uh, random shapes from black construction paper to tape on his face? Oh, that is, it's true. I just, I feel bad about the hair thing. I will just say there was a little bit of panic involved because... Going back to the Canada thing, uh-huh. I didn't grow up with MTV. I didn't learn about Jenny McCarthy and Carmen Electra till I was like in my 20s and moved to the States. Oh, man. Have you but seen like, Singled Out? No. It's a dating show where a really pretty boy or girl uh, sits in a chair and then Jenny McCarthy, she rubs up on him making fart jokes. And then uh, they, the boy or girl shaves off the ugly guys and then they end with the single. They single them out. But then uh, Jenny McCarthy realizes that like she has she has bigger aspirations. Carmen Electra stepped in. She took it. Like it wasn't an easy job for her. So uh, it, huh. kudos to her, you know? Now I know. And I was 15 and I loved it. I bet. Yeah. Anyways, that singled out. Uh, how about uh, the show? Uh, best Night Ever. <laughs> yeah. Back to that. Cool. So you write books. I uh, I write funny books and uh, people buy them and I type them at home in my apartment and uh, that's about it. And then people ask me to come on stuff like this and right hopefully on. be entertaining. Yeah. You're, if this were a different time, I think you could possibly be a cult leader. Because mm-hmm. listeners, you. Uh, if, you haven't, if you haven't read her books yet, the whole her whole uh, thing is that... So my whole thing is I wrote The Joy of Leaving Your Shit All Over the Place, which is basically a book about how being messy is great. It's good for creativity and it's got sort of like a bad reputation because like if you're a type A neatnik, you know, you kind of like shit all over the people that are messy and type B. So it's just about like, you know, tongue in cheek kind of reclaiming that. Marie Kondo wrote The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, which is just like like a totally amazingly insane read. Like I recommend it. It's all like books are clutter. You should like tear out pages of your favorite pages from books and put them in a file folder because the whole book is sort of pointless. Mm-hmm. You know, you like talk to your socks at the end of the day and like you talk to your handbag. So things that like normal, I mean, nor- I don't know what normal is, but like most people don't do that. But um, it was this sort of cult classic. And so... I, it's surprising you liked it because your book is quite the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think people are like looking for stuff to make them feel better. Mm-hmm. So I think that's fine. It's just like, you know, I just think there has to be like a counterpoint. There's got to be a balance to it. It's like 
great. If you love talking to your socks and that really makes you feel better about yourself, like fine. But a fuckload of other people that you only get one F word. Hold on, you only get one F word an episode. Oh really? Is that the one you want to use? I have no idea. I don't even know. I don't think I was saying anything. Say fart load. What could you possibly have to talk about with socks? Yeah, I don't know. If there's a hole in one of them, you could sort of like apologize. Oh, my socks are dirty. There's a hole in them. I feel bad about myself now. Wonder something weird. Um, uh, my right sock always gets holes in it for my left sock. I have a ton of left socks. It's weird. Is your right foot bigger? I don't think so. I've never been told that. I don't like. I think I walk normally. Do you think you've seen me walk? Do I walk normally? I haven't paid attention, but I will. Now. Could you next time? Yeah, please. Yep. I'm very sloppy, as, as I mentioned. My siblings are not. They're super duper neat. Hmm. My dad is very very neat. I've been picking on my dad a lot in the show, so I'm going to take a second. Dad, I love you. It's, it's it's nothing personal. It's just been coming up a lot. My dad is super neat, and I think that tidying up makes him much happier like he he never he, he's not he's not an angry person he doesn't yell at me unless it's something crazy the last time he yelled at me and i was like 28 years old uh he was just like um oh yeah we're thinking about getting lunch at el ranchito across the street and can't you shut a goddamn drawer oh. i shut it yeah for some reason my dad who's having a fine day talking about getting lunch at this nice restaurant mexican el ranchito highly recommends in newport beach he I, i'm wondering how long he was thinking about that drawer yeah it's interesting there's definitely like tolerance levels that are just different and like that's fine it's just it's also okay not to yeah it's just about embracing you know the way that you are Reggie miller's really clean because he's a cat mm, he is pretty cute everyone your cat has so many more toys than our cats like i actually feel a little bit like they're in solitary confinement based on like how fun your place is well i mean uh, thank you it's i mean it's not a competition so like uh, if to, to it sh- kind of is. I think your cat is winning. Sure. Well, I mean, he also has a hit podcast, Best Night Ever. I mean, I think that's cooler than toys. Nah, I also wrote about how sloths are sort of like should be everyone's spirit animal mm. in this day and age when everyone's like obsessed with productivity and working hard and having something to show for your work and following your passion. And I think a lot of times it's okay to just be like, follow the sloth philosophy, which is just like, Slow down, take it easy. So there's something in the sloth book. I, I'm, I'm obviously I'm misquoting, but it's something along the lines of "be lazy, do nothing, but do it with purpose" or something like that. Like you, you'd kind of mentioned before of like I asked if she had listened to any episodes. She's very honest, and I'm gonna leave it at that. But she didn't mention how like it's it's like what should the story be? I want I want it to be original. I want it to be this. And most of the guests I've had on the show, it's like should it be this crazy bananas night where people go nuts or like it's super wasted? And I'm waiting because it has to happen where someone says like. I, I got home at nine o'clock. Police Academy had just started. Mm-hmm. I ordered a pizza and just lied down and it was the best yeah. night ever. Those are the, like, I think that's a nice sentiment. Like there are just so many beautiful nights that are happy. But when someone asks you what your best night is, you sort of feel obligated to think of something like really crazy. Yeah. Jennifer, I'm sorry I tried to give you shit before. It's all forgiven. I'm going to go home and Google like MTV people so I can, I can learn how hard I was really burned. Before you do that, can you tell us your best night ever? Yeah. Yeah, so when you asked me to be on Best Night Ever, TM, I mean, that's like a tall ask, I feel like, just because do you pick something that makes you look cool or do you pick something that's like sort of self-braggy, like, oh, I was invited to speak at this conference or whatever. But like, you know, sometimes you like to like learn stuff while you're listening. Yeah, totally. I feel like because that, that's one of my things with podcasts is I'm like, people like chit chat. I want to like learn a fact, yeah. you know? So so basically I'm here to be like a like a bad substitute teacher like so you're coming here you don't you don't take no shit and you're gonna you're gonna teach people some stuff they didn't know yeah but yeah but i feel like when you boil it all down like i just i really felt like the best nights are the ones that you have usually when you're younger i think just because that's when you feel the most free you know before all the stress of your daily life and sadness and 
politics and everything gets you down. So once I thought about that, yeah, I just I felt like it would be a night where I was with Mara and we were doing something fun and we were kind of like growing up together. So Mara and I, we've been friends since grade two. She showed up to second grade. We were wearing the same sweatshirt. She disliked this about me. Um, she sort of like had it out for me, unbeknownst to me, because I thought it was like, ooh, same sweatshirt, yeah. like twinsies. Probably because I was an only child and I just like needed friends. But then we got over the sweatshirt thing. And uh, yes, yeah, so we've been friends for like ages now. We did a lot of skipping competitions when we were younger. Explain. So jump rope, competitive jump rope was a thing. Okay. So. How do you get points? So it's for different moves. So if you do like a double under, which is like where the rope goes under twice, you get like extra points. If you do like a can-can or like there's one called like the octopus. And then you can do it either like single rope or double rope as like a team. Or you could do like double dutch, like, you know, where you see in the movies. Oh, like, yeah, I know double yeah. Um, so we, yeah, so we were like provincial champs. That's like being like state champs, like my team. Skipping. Fascinating. Yeah, I'm a very particular thing that we share that, you know, when you get to college and university, you know, that's not stuff that you do with people anymore. So. Yeah. And then when you move here, just you don't do it. Yeah. Uh, I haven't skipped once since I've been in New York. I could not tell you the last time I picked up a jump rope. Easily elementary school. But hey, you know what? The night's young. Let's see where it takes us. Yep. Let's find a jump rope somewhere. And it's nice to have all these shared memories because, you know. So, um, and uh, I thought maybe I could tell you guys about this really sort of fascinating bush party that I went to this one time. Um, but do you know what a bush party is? I do not know. Okay. So this is... I feel like it's sort of a quintessentially Canadian thing. Um, and I was certain that it was like, I've, I actually just wrote a book called So You Want to Move to Canada. And it's just all Canadian trivia and lore and like bush parties in there because it's this, like really exciting experience. And then I Googled it before I came here. And there's like a country and Western song called Bush Party. It's basically that, but it's set in Georgia. So apparently this isn't, you know, just a Canadian thing, but we'll just pretend it is for now because I just found out Georgians has it. But, so it's a party held in the bush or in a wooded area, um, or held on the outskirts of a suburban area, usually in an empty farmer's field. They're really common in Canada, I think, just because like, you're always like one kilometer from like a mile. Oh, no, wait, a kilometer is less than a mile. You're like bears and deer and like whatever else. So that adds sort of like an element of, you know, excitement to these places. You go with your friends, someone brings a pickup truck, and there's two fours of beer, a two four is like a case of 24 beers. So like, that's also in Canadian. And so just to get a sense of like, how ubiquitous these are, like, I just found some headlines, like about bush parties from different like Canadian news sources. So the first one is, nearly 3000 attend Ontario bush party where teens face was cut by exploding beer bottle in bonfire. Man. Um, there's another one. Teen thrown into fire at bush party. Man. BC police use helicopter to, to disperse large bush party. Yeah. Bush party brawl. Oh, Reggie just He's meowed. fine. It's, he's fine. Police seek suspect after teen thrown into fire. And also- <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. And also Mounties <laughs> sees bush party meth. Um, And then so like the last one I just feel like is also the most sort of Canadian headline ever. Students shamed on social media after leaving a bush party mess. You can do all this. You can like throw your friends into the fire and like throw beer bottles and whatever. But like, God forbid you leave a mess afterwards because like social media will shame you. It's like you have to pick up all your crap afterwards. Yeah. Basically. But there so there's this one. This one sort of like magical night from uh, my high school that we called, it was called Alapalooza. So Alapalooza, I was out in the countryside and Al was this really kind of cool older guy. And my friend and I got an invite just because, well, I think because the whole school was there, but also like I was dating a slightly older guy that was like very much cooler than me. 
And Mara had an older brother who was also cooler than both of us. So like, you know, sort of like word trickle down. And so we went out to this party. And what I expected when we were on our way was it's sort of hard to recapture that, like the hopefulness of like youth. Like I'm pretty sure we both just really wanted to talk to boys and I was going to meet, you know, my cool boyfriend was going to be there. So at the party, it was me and Mara and this third friend that I can't name um, because of the experiences that she went on to have there. And she now has like a fairly high powered job also in in North America. Mm-hmm. So which is <laughs> where we be, are right which now. I, I won't be more specific than that. Yeah. If it's Whoopi Goldberg, I'll lose my mind. I heard she's coming on your show. That's my golden goose. Once I get Whoopi, uh, I'm done. So you have time, Whoopi. I want to do this for a while. Yeah, that's good. So this friend was like the sort of zany friend that you always want to have anytime you go out. She had this sort of ability to lie about everything, which is really fun. She just had this like amazing bravado. So she could just do anything. And I like before I came here, I um, I texted my friend Mara to like ask about her memories. And she texted the guy who hosted it and he sort of wrote back with all of these like beautiful memories of like you know like specifics like he was saying because we were like yeah i mean i remember it was like really big but like what does that even mean like a big bush party and he was like i took stock at one point in the evening there were 200 cars parked on the road 24 tents and five fires going that was just sort of the scale of it were these sponsored like was it like an like like an event or was it just like i want to have a party and the whole town comes or something yeah that that's more like it just like i want to have a party but The sort of cool thing was that this um, local pizza place called Gino's Pizza, you know, like every town has like the best pizza. Gino's is the best pizza until they changed the sauce sort of like midway through high school. And then it was like bad. But at the time they had really great sauce. And Gino's sort of like found out about this party and like showed up with um, like a kiosk and a whole bunch of boxes of pizza. And they just started like selling them by the slice to like all these kids. So for like I don't know, $4 or whatever. Yeah, so also um, about like 15 feet of railing from this like wooden deck fell at one point because people were like leaning on it. And you always read those like horror stories with like 30 kids on a deck and it like falls and everyone is like injured or whatever, but no one was injured. But then out of nowhere, like some guy shows up with like a drill and like a bunch of like spare screws. So he actually like repaired the entire length of deck like during the party. So again, again, like sort of a bit of a Canadian element there where I feel like we're not here for wanton destruction. Like, you know, we're here to have fun. But like if something gets damaged, like we will fix it. Like everyone's just getting along. So this is also this is the first time I smoked pot, you know, like all sort of older boyfriends do in high school. Like, you know, my older boyfriend was sort of not pressuring me How to do it. How old are we talking here? No, no, no. Like normal, like like a year or two old. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't like a Moby Natalie Portman situation. Um, Very topical. Good. Yeah, no. So so it had just been sort of like up for discussion. I was like, May, you know, maybe I'll do it. Because the other thing to know about me is I, I was just like a super big nerd. I, I wear glasses. I was the valedictorian of my high school. Really? I didn't know that. Huh? Mm-hmm. You were homeschooled though, right? <laughs> hey, I'm giving you shit. Oh. <laughs> uh, but – at my school, valedictorian was a vote by the students. So what? Back at you. So technically, my grades like weren't the best. The thing was like amongst all the people running, like everyone was kind of like, well, I feel like I hate Jen like the least. So um, and then this guy was just like really cool, you know, he was like hung out outside all the time, like smoking his cigarettes and like video games. Like I just I thought it was like the coolest thing. And so so him and his buddies just like like normal teenagers would like smoke a lot of pot, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll do it. So, um, so that was the night we were going to do it. And then I couldn't find him and I ended up smoking weed with a couple of his buddies. So that actually became like a point of contention. We'd sort of finagled away into the main house. So like the thing also with bush parties is there's an etiquette. It's like, you're outside, like you're using the outside. You don't go into someone's house. Like you don't use the bathroom, you use the bushes. 
And so we'd kind of like, we'd like worked our way into the kitchen and we we're all just like hanging out. And then, you know, it's just like a very normal joint passing situation. Like I sound like a narc talking about it because I'm like still such a nerd. Like I can't talk about it normally. But anyway, that was, you know, it was just sort of like, it felt like a safe, comfortable environment. And I was like, yeah, this is it. This is like the right time. Um, yeah. So first, you know, very tame, like beautiful experience. Mara had her first kiss there. My friend, uh, another friend of mine, it was like her first like public fingering encounter. First public fingering? Um, but it's quite a drive. It's like from where from where we were, it was about, you know, like 20, 25 minutes like out into the country. So I feel like there was this sort of long, beautiful like bit of time where you had like time to just get really really excited about what was to come and kind of like put on your lip gloss and because back then it was like a really it was like sparkle lip gloss was the thing like the more sort of sheen like sheer sparkly the better and then I mean and for Mara it paid off because then you know she got her first kiss so yeah I think we just we wanted we just wanted to like grow up and feel things someone drove us home I don't remember how we got home but they blew through a stop sign we actually like skidded through a stop sign onto highway 6 which as everyone knows highway 6 is like not a street you want to be in the middle of um, but I do remember that very sort of like visceral like you know when like the automatic brake brakes kick in it's like like the whole car is like skidding like so that was like almost the end of the best night ever but anyways, we were fine. But yeah, it was just, it was one of those neat things where sort of you all come together at the end of the night where, you know, whatever it is, it's like two or three in the morning and you're kind of like taking stock and it's like, oh, you know, I got, you know, fingered in the bushes and someone else is like, oh, I got my first kiss. And I was like, I'm, you know, I'm high. And you kind of all just like, you know, give like a little high five and then, you know, put on your lip gloss or whatever. And then <laughs> someone drives you home. I mean, that's how, you know, all parties end. So it's just, you know, so it was like this whole night where you know you sort of like arrive together as this like group of girls and then you all leave like a you leave we left like women you know it was like beautiful night of just like pure abandon and like the whole school was there and it's just this really like sort of beautiful moment and then I found so again I was sort of looking I'm like I can't be the only person that sort of thinks of these nights with this sort of I mean obviously everyone's nostalgic like some people are nostalgic for high school I guess some people hated it and they like never want to think about it again. But those, but I feel like everyone, like no matter what your high school experience was growing up, like everyone has that sort of moment where you just feel like the sort of infinity of like being young and you're like with your friends and probably you're outside because I feel like that's also sort of a component of it. Like it's always sitting on like the trunk of your car and it's midnight and you're outside of like a donut shop or something. Again, it's like probably like a Canadian thing. Did you ever sit outside a donut shop on your car? Is that like a... I don't know a donut shop. Uh, in my high school, Planet High School in North Mesquite, Go Devils, there was a Taco Bell nice. uh, close by, and that's where everybody hung out in that parking lot. I think also because like the farther away you get from your youth and your childhood, like, and you sort of like try and like slot things in and figure things out and like figure out what stuff meant to you, and so I feel like that I'm sort of like trying to attach this meaning to this to these experiences that I had that I think you know are different. They're very unique to the place that I grew up. And you come, you know, you move to a different country that's basically the same, but it's also, there's a lot of unfamiliar things, you know, like the MTV stuff, for example, where like you would think that would just be like a basic commonality. Right. I was trying to sort of figure out like exactly what I was feeling. And I found this, like, of course, Vice magazine wrote about bush parties, like quite a bit, actually, which I feel like is the perfect sort of venue for reflecting on it. But so this guy, this guy, Drew Brown, who writes for Vice, and he wrote, this is why field parties or bush parties are such a staple of Canadiana. They're the closest we get to time travel. When you're young and world, the world is full of possibilities, before you learn that life is mostly boredom interspersed with suffering, 
and that best case scenario, you get to spend your life spinning a debt-powered hamster wheel to make someone else rich. You and all your friends are just out getting drunk and stoned in the country, and it's the only place you can go to capture that glory. And then he's got this like beautiful thing. He says, for a brief moment under the stars, you get to feel forever young. The bonfire filtered through a drunken haze is the cherub's flaming sword. Actually, this gets a little, that's, but you know, you get the point. Yeah. It goes on. It's a little flowery. Keep that stuff at home. Yeah. And then, and then the, um, the guy who threw the party also said this sort of beautiful thing. Like, so the whole gravel driveway that was filled with like 200 cars. And like, of course, like stuff gets broken. And he said, like, after the party, the driveway was like forever, like widened by like five feet on either side, like just from like people like tramping around. And then he said, the gravel sparkled with broken glass for years afterwards, which I also thought was kind of cool. It's this sort of like beautiful memory of like shells on a beach, but it's just like beer bottles that have been ground into gravel and like reminding you of this amazing like night that you had that you kind of like gave to people too. It takes a certain person to sort of throw those parties. Like you have to have the right property and you've got to have the right personality. So yeah, so I feel like Alapalooza was like a pretty big common memory for like everyone in those sorts of years of i'm not gonna say what year it was but like not that long ago because i think that's also the thing with best nights is it's something where you were like growing as a person and it was like a night where it just felt like a sort of a definitive so it felt like part of your journey to becoming yourself I don't, which is what my night was and it's like always the nights that i have with mara because you know you've just everyone's got that like hopefully if you're lucky like everyone's just got a friend that goes back like a certain amount of time and who you can like what i love about her is like being able to consult her about my past like especially being an only child um my mom died her mom died so we have that in common but then it's also like you realize is people older than you die not to get like morbid or whatever, but there's less people on the planet that you can sort of like remember stuff with or like consult. Like you can't turn to your mom and be like, oh, hey, do you remember like in grade four, the girl who was in my class? And and like you can't say that to someone that's gone, but you can turn to like someone that was there and they're like, oh my God, yes. And you can like take screenshots of the person and their company and you can like do a deep dive into like all their social media and kind of like figure out where they are. Like that's the sort of fun stuff you can only do with people that have that shared history. You know, we've had like lots of fun together. I mean, obviously skipping was mentioned, um, but you know, we've traveled all over the world together. uh, And by that, I mean, Nashville and uh, a couple other places. And we just sort of felt like if you're just thinking about that sort of fuzzy, wonderful, warm glow that where you just feel like you're, you're happy. Like that was one of those nights. And that's why these, like this best night was so important because it's just a really fun thing that's like now unique to me and her and this other girl that we were there with, Whoopi. And then like the sort of smaller extended circle of the like 200 people that were there that night, which, and I'm sure, you know, everyone remembers it differently. Like everyone's going to have a different story about that night or like not remember it or be like, there was even like a bigger party like two years later that was like even better. But anyway, that was mine. And it was the best night ever. Thanks for that story, Jennifer. It was really sweet. I wonder if I'll be able to go to a bush party. I wonder if I'm too old for a bush party. Yeah, I'm too old for a bush party. You know who'd never be caught dead at a bush party, uh, smoking the ganja uh, and having uh, Nair do wells uh, fiddling her diddles, is uh, Whoopi. Whoopi, again, if you're listening, I would absolutely love to have you on the show. Uh, but Jennifer has been uh, an amazing uh, close second to Whoopi. As I mentioned before, Jennifer writes books. You can get any of these books uh, at Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, IndieBound, uh, bookstores. Freaking bookstores, you know. Uh, I'll, I'll leave links in the website. 
Just just make sure you're purchasing the books from Jennifer McCartney, not Jenny McCarthy. Uh, I don't think Carmen Electra has any books. She might. If you have any thoughts, questions, concerns, comments, want to tell me about your best sign ever, need a good recipe for a carbonara, need a ride from the airport, need help moving, want to talk about Star Trek, want to talk about anything, want to just say hi, shoot me an email, bestsigneverpodcast at gmail.com. You can check out our website, bestsigneverpodcast.com, for original artwork that pertains to each episode, including this one, and of course, like show notes and links and blah, 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 blah. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram, it's bestsigneverpodcast. Uh, our Twitter majigger is at BNE podcast. I suck at Twitter. I just don't get it. I don't know what I'm supposed to post. I don't know how, how often I'm supposed to post. Also, when I go there, it keeps showing me people that I'm not following. It's maddening. The theme song was provided by Ghost of Lester Bangs. And last but not least, happy late Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Whether you're listening to this in the morning, afternoon, or night, I hope it's the best ever. See you next time. <laughs>